Chapter 5 The Spirit Key The Doctrine of the Holy Spirit With the turn of the key, a wind blows the tomb and garden away. When the dust settles enough for you to open your eyes again, you find yourself in a vast and desolate wilderness. The overgrown garden gives way to bare desert hills. The chamber's narrow walls are replaced by the vast loneliness of the horizon-filled wilderness. That is until you hear his wise voice again. The Spirit lives. Your greatest need is a new heart. Your greatest need is a new heart. That is why the Spirit led the Son here into the wilderness. What seems like the last place for a king's son was the very place the king needed him to be. What the world didn't know, the Holy Spirit did, which is why the Spirit brought him into the desert. He brought the death killer, the better image of God, the Son of Man, to do what Adam didn't do, what you could not do. The Spirit brought the death killer into the wilderness to face the serpent's cruel test and to overthrow his temptations with the Spirit's own words. The beginning of the end starts here. In the desert, the death killer places his heel over the ancient serpent's head and then waits for the perfect time to deal the death blow. The Spirit does all of this because the Spirit was faithful to lead the Son into the Father's deep, never-forgotten promises. This is what the Spirit does. He makes everything about the Son. He even made this wilderness story about the King's Son, which of course it is. But even when you want to look at His work, the Spirit somehow always makes it about the death killer. That's His ministry though. That is the way He works, and it is beautiful. Still, the Spirit deserves His rightful due, not because He seeks it, but because He is God Himself. To know God and His rescue plan, you have to know the Spirit too. He is the one to turn the death killer's work into an antidote for your dead heart. He makes your heart alive again. Here is the Spirit's brilliance. He's always there, but He never takes center stage. He leaves that for the Son, though you may have to look a little harder for Him from time to time. It's always worth the look. You first must know who the Spirit is, or perhaps what the Spirit is not. To be sure, the Spirit is not just some sort of mysterious force or a fleeting feeling. He is not some thing or some stuff. He is a he, not an it. Oh no, the Holy Spirit is God, the Trinitarian God of the Bible. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is one of the who's that shares the same what. He is equal with the Father and the Son because he shares the same essence as the Father and the Son. The Spirit also acts like a person would act. Take note of what God's speech tells us about Him. Like the people you know, the Spirit also thinks, chooses, and acts freely. Though He does all these things perfectly because He is divine. He also feels emotions and experiences things in similar ways that people do. But you really know that the Spirit is a person because you can have a personal relationship with Him just like you can with the Father and the Son. The Spirit works. The divine actions of the Holy Spirit.
Knowing who the Spirit is helps make sense of what the Spirit does. Who the Spirit is and what the Spirit does are both about God's glory and your good. In the Spirit, God is working out His own promises for His people by the Spirit, living in His people. The Spirit is the quiet one who slowly and steadily waters all of the King's plans and promises, so they finally take root and blossom into your hope and happiness. The Spirit creates. That is why the Holy Spirit is there from the very beginning. Think about where you stand right now. How did the death killer get here to the wilderness? The Spirit led him here, and he did so to ensure God's pledge to save his world and people. But the Spirit was working out God's promises long before Jesus' feet got dusty. In fact, the Spirit was a part of creation's grand opening. He was with the Spirit and the Son, creating order out of chaos and bringing light out of darkness. He hovered over the waters, and he was there deciding and declaring who the king's image bearers were supposed to be. The Spirit rescues. Rescuing sinners is also the Spirit's goal. Before Jesus' incarnation, the Spirit helped the world look for God's promised one, the one the king would send to save rebels like you. The Spirit helped prepare the way for Jesus' work on the earth by anointing prophets to speak and write God's speech down. He worked through Israel's priests to help them stand between the Holy King and his disobedient people. He also worked to guide and inspire the artists and craftsmen chosen by God to build and beautify the tabernacle and temple. The Spirit's early work focused on guiding the nation's leaders, especially the judges and kings, towards the good things God had for them. The Holy Spirit's before the incarnation ministry sheds light on his during the incarnation ministry. He was always at work, and when the sun came, the spirit was like an orchestra's conductor, slowly increasing the tempo of his masterpiece. Jesus is the spirit's crescendo. The spirit's central desire when you turn the page from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew is to help people see that Jesus is the one the king promised long ago. The Spirit wants you to see that everything He did before the Incarnation led to the Incarnation. The Spirit rested upon Israel's prophets, priests, and kings in order to prepare the way for Jesus to be the better prophet, priest, and king. How do you know that Jesus is the better prophet, the better Moses? How do you know that Jesus is a better priest? the one who stands between God and you? How is he also the once and for all sacrifice for sins? How do you know that Jesus is the better king who begins the right side up kingdom in this upside down world? The one who is like David and yet far surpasses him in everything? You know this because of the spirit. He's like the headlights on your car. You never look directly into the headlights because that is not the purpose of the headlights. They are there to show you what is up ahead. The Spirit's ministry to the Son is the same way. He shines His light on the death killer because He wants your eyes on the one who comes before you to rescue you. Here's the beautiful thing. 
From the beginning of his story, God promised that he would pour out his spirit on all of his people. The Son himself promised that when his work on the cross was finished, the Spirit would come to guide, help, teach, and dwell inside believers. That is why soon after the Son ascended to his Father after his resurrection, the Spirit descended upon Jesus' followers. He came to dwell inside them and spread the King's kingdom to the rest of the world by ministering through them. The Spirit is the divine and personal machine that the Father and the Son send into the world to build Christ's church, complete God's promises, apply the Son's work to former rebels, and guarantee that the King's people don't stop being His people. On this side of Jesus' empty tomb, the Spirit helps lead this chapter of God's rescue plan. First, He gives us God's playbook, the Bible. The Holy Spirit ensured, established, and directed the writing of Scripture. Sure, Scripture has human authors. You've probably heard of Paul and John, maybe even Isaiah and Moses. But don't forget that there is the divine author too. He is the Spirit, once again in the background, working in and through gifted yet flawed men to ensure a rich, beautiful, personal, and simultaneously perfect Bible. Through the Spirit, God interprets Himself for you. The stories, letters, poems, and proverbs of the Bible aren't just man's thoughts about God. They are God's thoughts about Himself through the hearts and minds of men filled with and directed by the Holy Spirit. It's like when a river flows through a lake. While there are two bodies of water for a time, they become one, with the river running through and in the lake to reach its destination. The Spirit moves through and works within the human authors to produce a Bible with a divine and human authorship about a divine and human God who comes to bring humans back to the divine. But remember how the Spirit works. He's in the front row, pointing towards Jesus, who stands on the world's center stage. It's the same with his book. The Spirit makes sure that Jesus is the hero of his masterpiece from start to finish. Every letter, word, and paragraph is a beam of light in the spotlight of the Son's triumphant victory. One of the Spirit's greatest works is turning the King's enemies into the King's followers. The Spirit takes Christ's accomplishments and gives them to God's people. The Spirit who created the world also recreates the world and God's people. The same Spirit who brought a baby from a virgin and led Christ from a manger to the resurrection is the Spirit who can apply God's rescue plan to you. All of God's work and promises become yours through the Spirit. He readies the world for the King's rescue. He shows you that you are a sinner who cannot save yourself. But the Spirit also makes the good news of Christ's rescue mission good news for you making Christ work yours and making you new again. 
The Spirit, though, doesn't just leave you there. He keeps working. He indwells believers. He baptizes believers. And He fills believers. The Spirit connects God's people with Jesus and His benefits. That is why He is called the Spirit of Adoption. He takes those outside of God's family and makes them a part of God's family. He helps those who once called God their enemy to now call Him Abba, Father. The Spirit achieves. This Spirit remains with His people. He continues to live in them until He finishes the King's work in you. The Spirit is with His people for the long haul. His work isn't a once-in-a-lifetime deal. It's a for-a-lifetime and into-eternity deal. So not only does the Spirit rescue sinners, He also makes sure they stay rescued. He places you in Christ's kingdom, and He gives you gifts to help you build and expand Christ's kingdom. And while He calls you to be holy like Jesus, He actually helps you to do that. He works in you to make sure that over time you hate sin more and love the world less than you used to. If you are His then, you will carry His mark. The Spirit presses His seal upon you. The Spirit seal tells you and the world that you belong to the King forever and that the King's promises belong to you forever too. And how do you know this? Because the Spirit is the seal, and the seal is the Spirit. The Spirit who does all of this can live within you. He is the one who can unite you to the death killer. The Spirit is the one who opens the doors to the King's kingdom, and the one who can keep you there. Are you brave enough to walk through those doors? Do you want to know what lies on the other side? If you are, turn the key to see just what the Spirit offers you.